Hey there, welcome to the Spencer H. Corwin podcast, morning coffee edition. This is my first episode, and I will be doing a solo episode, um, and I will be talking English, as the title has shown. So, anyways, I, um, not even sure what I'm going to talk about. So, the, the, the idea for this podcast is to riff off of musical ideas and ideas about life and spirituality, mostly things that I put in my music. Um, so, for that as a base, let's get right into it. I, I've been thinking a lot lately, actually, about my the, the spirituality that I put into my music, and I think it's a great place to start. So, I thought about this a lot lately because I recently found an old hard drive of mine, and I found in this hard drive some old songs that I'd written, like, probably about 15 years ago now. Ah, maybe not that long, but I was, a, I was about... Uh, maybe 14 when I wrote these songs and they're they're very spiritual and I mean some of them are, are very revolutionary um, and I've been thinking a lot about that lately as well um, and there was one song that that the lyrics said you were uh, I'm not gonna paraphrase I mean let me try and do this correctly I, you were born to be perfect only taught to be bad you go to school instead of working with what you had. You spend the le- rest of your life trying to get somewhere. And you tell everyone about it like they really care. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's intense. And I know that my parents um, homeschooled me and my brother. And I think that was definitely part of the sentiment of this anti-school, anti-societal sentiment. And I, I still feel some of that to a certain degree. I, I think that I'm much more refined now, and it's very interesting, like, to be able to look back into music and see where I was and where I am. And I think that's something about the arts that's just absolutely fantastic. Because if you're, I don't know, if you don't have some artistic expression like that to show these things, then it's a lot harder to measure where you were at. And you can look at pictures and you can look at, I don't know, um, writings that one has done or schoolwork or things. But it's kind of, it's kind of into this thing. Whereas this direct, like, window into my own soul at that moment and going back and being like, wow, that's where I was at? That's incredible. And so anyways, um, that... Well, I kind of lost my place here. <laughs> Went off into that. But because I, I just started thinking about all of my music. And this is the danger of... Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> the danger of solo episodes is that I will tend to... I, or I will probably, because this is my first podcast ever, I will tend to lose focus on the main topic and go into something that has nothing to do with what I was going to, and there will be no one here to say, hey, Spence, <laughs> you were off on this topic, and now you are off somewhere completely different, and you were going to start talking about your spirituality and your music. So anyways, I'm going to just let this flow, but where I was going with this little thread is that um, going back and listening to love songs as well is particularly interesting because the the way I'm infatuated with this specific or certain girl at the time, and obviously no one else knows 
what girl it is, um, unless I am a big loudmouth like I usually am and say, hey, was he specifically this girl that I wrote this song about? So if you know her, cool, <laughs> which isn't cool because that's uh, not cool to, um, or at least without permission, um, which now at least I get permission um, <laughs> to to bring someone to the public sphere, even if it's a small public sphere, like my public sphere. Um, but anyways, going in, like me listening back to these songs and thinking about the, the, the way that I felt about this particular girl and just the heart wrenching, like I will never be with anyone else. Like all I want is you. And you hear this a lot in love songs. But anyways, for me going and being like, wow, that's crazy that that's where I was because I really was there. These aren't like semantics or, or um, cliches because I, I do hear that sometimes in love songs um, that I feel that there's a cliche thing like, you know, I'll love you forever. And I think that I'll love you forever is tapping into something that like that's just a lyric that you hear. Maybe not specifically I'll love you forever, but, you know, um, well, yeah, there, there is quite, I'll, I'll love you forever or variants upon I'll, I'll love you forever in, and I want no one else ever, you know, in, in many songs. And I feel like sometimes it's just a, it's just a, a, a cliche that, that is brought into the lyric because it sounds good and everyone knows that they are not actually meaning that. And it's funny because my brother actually went through a phase where he really could not listen to love songs because he took them literally and he was just like, this is, well, you know, he had gone through a breakup, so it was like, I, I can't hear this. And, and, um, and we had this conversation, actually, and I said to him that I figured that what their meaning is like, that these, these love songs are painting a particular moment in time so when they say I'll love you forever, they mean I'll love you forever in that moment. And then, of course, as time goes on, because otherwise every single artist ever would have would be insanely embarrassed to sing their own love songs. Because, you know, uh, I don't know, I could think of Ed Sheeran, who's married now, and his love songs, well, I actually don't know much about his life. Um, I, I don't follow um, singer-songwriters' lives, which is funny, because that's me. But anyways, um... <laughs> That, you know, he, him talking about, uh, or, sorry, him singing about the girl and, and uh, thinking out loud, he still sings that song. He's not with that girl, he's with someone else and he's married to her. So, like, he would be insanely embarrassed if he says, I'll be loving you till I'm 73. No, se- 70. <laughs> not 73. Um, 23. But uh, I'll be loving you until you're I'm 70. And then he's wrong. He's not, you know. Um, but because it's, because they, they understand, and I think everyone else implicitly, or most people, um, except for my brother, I'm just kidding, but, um, but if you do take the songs literally, it it sounds absolute insanity, but if you take them as, okay, this is what he means in this moment, well then, (laughs) you know, that makes sense, and it's okay that he said, I'll be loving you till I'm 70, because he meant that in that moment, and then he moved on. But something interesting about my songs, because, well, they're the only ones I can actually talk about because I wrote them. Um, In other words, because I don't know um, what anyone else is actually thinking. Maybe they were, I mean, maybe they do, are, are writing it as if it's forever and then they feel terrible when it's not. 
but I, 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 I for some reason, doubt that. Um, but with my songs, I've noticed that I'm very careful, and I never say something just to say it. In, in fact, I, I, especially now, because on my first album, I had a lot of songs that were written when I was younger, and I really did feel that. And I held that sentiment, and I, I wrote it into a song so it would be true. And I'm honestly, I honestly have, and still do a little bit, but not very much anymore because I realize how to move through it and move around it. But I suffered for so many years because that sentiment, not because it was in the song, but because it was in a song, it made it that real. And I really did mean it. Like when I say things like, we may part forever, but our destinies await. I can only hope that they're entwined. Or when I said um, that no one else can make me feel this way, which seems like it's not that that big a deal, but it really was to me when I said that, um, or when I wrote that in the song, or that um, a love that may well last a lifetime and it's just for me and you. Um, I will wait for you. These were phrases that really meant something to me, and I really meant them, and I wrote them into my soul. I imprinted them in my soul, writing these into these lyrics. And then when that relationship ended, it was like, bang. Oh, my God. Like, this is an album full of songs. And then, of course, I wrote the final song, and which was called The Final Problem. <laughs> And it was, what do I do? You know, because your eyes stare at me through the walls that we once shared and all of these things that like, that that song meant so much to me at the time. And it's funny because at this point, that song is one of the songs that means the least to me. The other ones mean a lot more. But, but, and I think also because I was going, I was trying to go for too much and I was, it was I was overthinking it. Whereas the other songs kind of popped into my head. Even songs like Just For Me And You, where they have these in, crazy key changes well that one's not that crazy i mean yeah it's a median third key change um but i guess it's not really a median third key change because it's in a flat major and then it goes to b major but if you think of that as a flat minor then it's just a major to minor but it isn't no it is a median third key change all right so cool um median third key change in that one and <laughs> multiple times then it does a major to minor um, it can tear us apart. Many things have tried before. Boom. That's it, went from major to minor. But the other ones are actually median third key changes. Um, or so far away as well, which has, uh, I think, I, I did a reel on Instagram with how many different <laughs> key changes there are in so far away. Um, I think there's like, I forget what the count was in the end, but I think there's like five. But anyway, they're, they're very non-thought out and now that I think about it the last song on the album was written in one sitting well standing I was walking um it was written in one walking <laughs> it was written on one walk and I happened to have my phone with me I was on my dad's farm and I never had my phone with me and that time I happened to have my phone with me and I I took it out and I was like whoa and I just started singing and the whole song came out but the part that is not thought out or sorry, the part that is thought out and not just came to me is the the part that's um the the 
the orchestration and those things, which I got really excited and I did a lot of cello parts and it was just like, it was, it was very intricate. Um, not so, uh, I don't know, flowy like the other songs. Um, and also there's a lot of key changes and I don't know, uh, sorry, key changes, but also beat changes, which is something different. And to me, that's honestly less impact like it's there's something less impactful about the song if it changes so many times um it just sounds like the person got annoyed no not got annoyed sorry i just didn't think about something else um <laughs> it's like the person got um well yeah so sure got annoyed with finishing that song so they wrote a new song and then they glued it together and then they glued another song to that one and then they glued another song to that one and and that's how it goes um, so that's, I feel like that's it. That's, that's why that song isn't as important to me. But anyway, I got very, 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 very off track, but this is, this is the point of these solo episodes is I'm going to be riffing. And as I said, riffing makes me go into places where I don't even know why I got here, but I do have a guest today. Unfortunately, she doesn't talk. So her name is Minnie, and she's my housemate. She's a dog, um, and she just came up to me and wants to be, have attention. The other thing about the morning coffee edition is that morning coffee um, leads me to want to use the restroom. So I don't know why it's called the restroom. Um, so we will be back after a short break to try and get back into the spirituality in the music. Um, and get back onto onto topic a little bit, but we will be starting with my first album, bringing in the spirituality from there, and we'll move on. All right, I hope you guys all had a bathroom break too. So let's see, well, let's see where we're going here. Um, so I said I would talk directly about spirituality in my songs, and I think the best song to start with, and it's definitely not the first spiritual song that I wrote, and as I said, I'm always very honest in my lyrics, so if you want to know something about me, listen to my songs, and as I said, as I alluded to earlier in the episode, I, <laughs> I do that for myself when I go, where was I at? What was wrong with me? Like, who? W- what was I thinking? And then I'll listen to the song that I wrote in that time period, and I'll go, oh, aha, that's, that's, what, that's what was wrong with me. That's where I was. Now I understand. So that's a, that's a cool thing. Um, it's also a little scary. And actually, that's, that's something that I've heard from anyone who has... Actually, not, not anyone, but many commentaries that I've gotten about my music is that um especially from people who know me because they know um one person said like i was just floored by how honest you were like congratulations wait i don't think it was congratulations it was a word that someone would use when you're like it's not like respect either but it was something along those lines like wow like you bared your soul there in that album good job (laughs) um which is true um that is that's me that's me and my music anyways (laughs) so going back to the the yeah going back to the thing at hand um let's talk about wait for you that's the sixth song on my album and out of all of those songs which are pretty much love songs that's the most spiritual i would say 
Um, so, at least for my philosophy um, of what spirituality is, um, and especially back then where I was, because I was not feeling very spiritual. I was in the middle of a of college, which I um, I did on well the second half of my college uh, degree I did online and at that point I was in the relationship and it was very intense and I was I believe because I don't I can't tell you um, but from what I heard from my partner at the time later on because she she said that she tried to tell me then and I didn't hear her and I got very angry but I don't actually remember which is kind of scary um but (laughs) suffering from the beginnings of normal uh, bipolar type 2 I think it is uh, onset because you know mid 20s or early 20s um, is normal for it to appear and I, I and, it, and it was manifesting um, ultra rapid cycling which is a blessing and a curse because the cycles go really fast. But anyways, um, I, I, I was not very conscious. I wasn't very conscious living. But I did have an inkling of the idea of what I thought spirituality was. And I still believe this. And that song is actually based on a concept, which is that you can't... I actually then say it in the next song on the album, which was written about three years later. Um, I can't stoop. Not me, but anyone. You can't stoop to help someone else up out of a hole because all they will do is drag you down and I think that this is in a lot of philosophies um mostly eastern but uh Abraham Hicks is I think where I was introduced to it um where I sense of uh parted ways with Abraham uh in multiple and there's nothing wrong with it with the with the with the uh, what do you call it uh beliefs of Abraham, I think it's cool, um, but I, I, I disagree with it on multiple things, but anyways, at the time, I, I was pretty much basing my spirituality on that, and being like, that is what spirituality is, is Abraham, um, which, as I said, I don't believe that anymore, but I did at the time, and they definitely talk about that, like, like, because people will come to them, and, and I think part of the reason why I don't like Abraham, actually, is, at this point, is, is the cultish, um, and and it's not a cult at all, to, to be clear. But just the way that it's presented sometimes is kind of cult-like. Just in that they go up and they ask Abraham questions, and then she's like, and it's funny because it it brings it brings to mind this. And I really don't want to trash Abraham because I think they're they're insanely useful for a lot of people. But I'm just being uh, honest with what I I like get the feeling of, and I know this isn't it. It's just me. I, inventing this but (laughs) um (laughs) uh this is really funny but i don't want to say it because it it's it's really mean but like you know the uh, um some type of like very very intense um christian church where the preacher will be like all right bring someone forward who has an illness and the person has an illness and then he goes and now jesus christ says you are cured and then the guy is cured 
and and everyone's like, oh my God, he is cured. Blessed be the Lord. Um, oh, that rhymes. And again, I'm not even tra- I'm I'm definitely not trashing that type of that type of church either, because it, it, really, for me, anyways, uh, I think spirituality is whatever works for you. Whatever works for each individual is the best thing, and and especially if it's a non-narcissistic. Uh, either religion or belief system or whatever it is whereas as in if it like if it's a if it's a belief system that brings you together with other people i think it's insanely valuable so any type of religious um gathering i think is amazing and really important and it's whatever works for you but i just want to say that as a side note but anyways um non-jokes aside let's get back to the joke that's what i imagine abraham is a little bit because it's kind of that thing where the way that she structures the answers to these questions, they're always the same, which is fine. But, uh, and then people always go like, wow, you're right. And then I feel like that they go back to their lives and like, oh, this didn't work out as I thought it would because they're not doing all of the work necessary to be where Abraham says that they should be. Because I think, anyways, that's going to get too complicated if I get into that. So, um, point is that Abraham says this, and as I said, other many other places say this as well. That you can't stoop to help someone, and that's the that's the line in the next song on the album, Echoes. Um, that I can't stoop to help you. You must make your way to me. Um, this was in a different that was in a different relationship, but um, that idea of like I can't stoop to to pull you into spirituality with me. Um, but that said, I will wait for you watching every moment for you to make your first decision. Now, that sounds really oppressive, and it kind of probably was, as in, like, I'll just... I'm, I'm sitting there, like, you could just live your life, but I'm going to wait for you. I'll be here waiting for you, waiting for you. Hey, I'm still waiting. Like, that's kind of... Now that I think back to it, is like, whoa, um, Spencer, chill your... Cool your... What is it? Cool your jets. Um, but anyways, so that was... That's the chorus of that song, is that idea of I will wait for you watching every moment of your making decisions I'll wait for you knowing that our lives intersect in these collisions because the in, intersecting in these collisions I was referring to the idea that like if one is meant to be with someone else in that moment or maybe we can drop the word meant but if someone's going to be with some if someone is going to be with someone else in that moment it means that they're connecting energetically at some level because this is just that's just physics um well, I guess quantum physics but everything you know is at some level of vibration and music most of all of course but well not most of all but music definitely but everything is a vibration at some level and if one is vibrating differently than someone else they're not going to be in the same sphere so that's that idea of um knowing that our lives intersect in these collisions um and i'll feel your pain of loss and gain watch the weeks turn into years i guess that's all just me just talking about time and my fear of time passing um but subconsciously um i mean don't we all fear time passing i don't know i definitely do that's for sure um like i fear that i'm getting older i fear that things aren't working out like i thought they should at the right time in my life i don't have kids yet i'm 28 i don't know anyways but this is this is me now but i think back then i was also i put that into my lyrics but i just didn't realize what i was putting in um but yeah, so that's pretty much, that's the most spiritual song on that album, and it's because of that. It's, but, but this, is, this is what I would call implicit spirituality in my lyrics, and I think all of my songs have implicit spirituality to a certain degree. As I said, like, Echoes the same way, and then um, The Final Problem also. Um, 
and actually, I think some of the other ones as well, like um, the this, the third song, Just For Me And You, which is a song about a fight that I had with my partner at the time. And, and it was that thing, like, I wish, the things you said today, I wish they could all go away. And it's like, sometimes it's just, you know, best to walk away from a fight because as soon as you step out, it seems so silly what the fight was at the time because you're in it and you're going no I'm right and my partner's wrong or my brother is wrong or my sister's wrong or whoever right or my mom or whoever it is you're fighting with and you love them very much and you're like oh like but I need to be right and sometimes it's like you convince yourself that you need to be right because you need to save them from themselves which is it's always bullshit um because that's not how you're going to get to them. You know, if you prove that you're right, you're still not going to get to them. So anyways, I, but I think most of the songs on my first album are implicitly spiritual in that way. And, and they're just like little snippets because I guess my life is implicitly spiritual. Like I, I always am like have two goals in life, but and they could be, they could change as, as I move through life. But it's always like an external goal and then an internal goal. Um, I guess it's three goals because I always have relationship goals as well. You know, like, I mean, it could be as simple as just have a nice relationship with my partner or have a nice relationship with my family. And usually it's some combination of both, obviously. But like long-term goals, I guess, in the relationship would be like having kids and having a a family, um, which is definitely something I do want to have, um, I guess, sooner rather than later at this point. (laughs) But anyways... um, that would be my relationship goals. And then, you know, the external goals is like, um, get, have a bigger audience with my music, um, get my music out there, change people's lives with my music. That, that would be amazing. But those are still all external goals. And then there's the spiritual goal, which is like, I mean, long term is basically just um, find peace. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm, there's, there's little goals on, on, on that spectrum. Like, as I move through life, I was like, all right, now this is my spiritual goal. But anyways, I think sometimes my life is explicitly spiritual and I'm actually searching for meaning and stuff in life. And then other times it's implicitly spiritual where I'm just going about my daily life and doing things like recording this podcast, but always, like, thinking about, like, like, I, it never goes away. So I think that's why I always have some spirituality in my songs. Um, because it, that, that like, even if I'm just, I don't know, doing a, a daily job, I'm, like, checking in with myself, being like, are you actually enjoying this job? Like, is this something that's actually bringing you joy? Because if it's bringing you joy, then it'll bring joy to the people around you. Or are you just doing it because, like, I'm always questioning myself spiritually at every moment. Um, which is tiring sometimes. Like, sometimes I wish I could just live my life, um, I don't know. Not, not asleep, but just, like, just, like, I, I look out sometimes and I see people living their lives just, like, moment to moment, which is more spiritual than anything else. But they're not doing it consciously, so they're just, like, going and they're just, like, happy because they're just moving through their life without thinking about it and I'm like man I wish I could do that because that's what I'm striving for but I had to go through the peak of knowledge and there's no cure for knowledge you can't go back to innocence when once you have the knowledge so you're pretty much that's that's the f word I don't know if I can say this on podcast I have to check oh, I guess it'll just be explicit but I guess I already said bullshit so oh dang anyways um this is an experiment for me so
Um, I'm going to try and wrap this episode up, actually. But, all right, so, <laughs> went on off on another tangent here. But I think these are all good, good tangents. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, all right, so, on the first album, as we just established, most of the spirituality is implicit. And, I, and it's funny because there's some songs that I wrote when I was younger, as I alluded to before, and I mentioned one of them, which it wasn't specifically spiritual, it was more anti-societal, that were, like, in, explicitly spiritual. I'm trying to, like, convey Abrahamic traditions. <laughs> that sounds weird. Um, that's not what it is. Uh, Abraham Hicks beliefs. Um, one, one was, I, I don't know if I can actually play piano. I think I'm, I, well, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, we'll see if it comes through, uh, because I know that I'm using a microphone right now that's trying to dull the background noise, so it probably will not come through. I'll play the piano and then I'll sing. There's no meaning to life, you must make your own, there's no one to help you, you are all alone. Time just keeps passing, no matter what you do. That's a good thing, cause so is something new. So that was a song that I wrote when I was like 15, which I've never published, and maybe I will someday. But that's a very explicitly spiritual song, and it's something that I've actually really wanted to get back to. And I, I and if you, if if you as the listener have been at all following the songs that I've been releasing, if you haven't, you can check it out, I think it's on Spotify, they do come out in order of, like, like, if you look at my Spotify profile, you can see that, like, the first thing that I released was the album, and then that, although they've all been released in 2021, so I don't, I don't know, uh, how that works, but I think it does go, um, like, youngest to oldest, but I've been steering away from love songs, and now I've been trying to do some love songs, and then, you know, like, back and forth, because I have all of these really nice love songs, according to myself, that I really want to to get out there, but I also have these songs, like a song that, um, well, let's see, well, I'm going to publish this podcast as soon as I'm done with it, so it it will be in the, the first of the first week in December, I'm going to release a song that's, that's the very spiritually based, but it's, it's a little more soft core. And I think that's something that I enjoy about doing in my music is the implicit spirituality. I think the explicit spirituality is nice, but something like that song that I just sang to you, the, which was called Go With Our Flow is very, it's like, it's kind of like in your face spirituality, like, hey, in your face, this is spiritual. And it's like, I don't think that's what music's about. You can have podcasts, you can have discussions, you can have religious ceremonies. Like, that's what explicit spirituality, that's where it belongs. I think explicit spirituality doesn't really belong in in non-religious songs. Um, Because the whole idea of music is that it's entertainment, but it's also, it's entertainment, art, and life lessons, right? And like, it's countless how many songs that I've listened to of other artists that have not been explicitly spiritual, but have like made me have these aha moments. And, and they're just, they're just singing their heart out. It doesn't matter what it says. You know, they're not like trying to get a spiritual message across, but it's, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody, (laughs) um, like dang, right. (laughs) Um, and it, that's not explicitly spiritual at all, but 
it's like it it wakes you up to certain things about life and about the world that is just like and it's probably different for every single person and i think that's the important thing because if i'm shoving my religious or or i mean again if it's a religious song that's being sung in a church or in a temple or in a mosque or wherever whatever religion you would be practicing and the song is sung in there i think that then it should be explicitly spiritual obviously well not obviously but obviously to me um but if it's a if if you're just you know whatever you're in your car and you're listening to a nice song um well then you know i think the song should be nice to listen to and have lyrics that could allude to whatever spirituality you practice and i think that's the most important thing and it's funny because i just recently heard a song that was by an artist that i had already heard one song about and i figured that he was um that he was christian or catholic just because of the way that he um, well he explicitly says like the the god says this um and whatever i for, i forgot the actual lyric but whatever the lyric is it's 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 clearly christian because of what God says, because I was like, oh, well, God says this um, in, in the, that religion, so obviously he's, he's definitely Christian. But then he has another song, um, I think Andrew Peterson is his name, I believe. Um, and the song is called Be Kind to Yourself, which is cool. Um, and then I listen to it, and I'm like, wow, that's very, like, he's very clearly saying exactly what God says in the Bible to be kind to yourself, and he talks about the father, and when he's saying your father, he's talking about God. He's not talking about, like, your dad. But it's on the borderline for me, because I think that song is absolutely beautiful, and what he is planting, and be kind to yourself, and he says, like, he says some amazing shit in there. It's just like, wow. Um, like, some battles, you're, you are your own enemy, and then God says, love your enemy, and I'm just like, wow, because I'm like, that's amazing, right, like, going from, like, like he, I, and I think he sets it up correctly, so, spoiler alert, but he sets it up where, in the chorus, it's like, be kind to yourself, you know, like, some battles, you are your own enemy, and, you know, and this way, thus, you gotta lay down your arms, because you can't win by beating yourself, something, something along that, those lines, which is, which is an amazing lyric, and then in, I think it's the bridge or something, I, I've only heard the song a couple times, um, so if, if, if you, if you haven't heard the song, go listen to it, check it out, because it's amazing, um, be kind to yourself, um, I, again, I think his name is Andrew Peterson, but if it isn't, then it's something similar, so when you check it out, you'll be like, ah, okay, um, be kind to yourself. I, I highly doubt there's like a thousand songs by that name. Um, and you'll know by the lyrics. <laughs> um, so he, he says, yeah, he says in the bridge or whatever, he goes and says, so um, God says you must, you, you can love your friends, but you must learn your, love your enemies as well. This, that's the New Testament thing. God doesn't say that. Jesus says that. But I mean, I guess that's God through Jesus. Yeah, I think he says, you may have heard before, love thy neighbor, but I shall say now, love thy enemy, um, something like that, that's, that's, that's along the lines of what he says, so anyways, um, so that's, that's drawing the line for me on explicit spirituality, and I've never wanted to be pegged as a new ager, <laughs> um, I think for multiple reasons, but partly because I don't agree with a lot of what would be 
deemed new age. Um, my dad's very new age, but he wouldn't want to be called that either. But I think he's way more new age than I am. And, and we have a lot of disagreements, um, friendly disagreements at this point about spirituality. But um, I, think the, I think the problem with new age for me is, is utopianism. Um, which is not to say I'm a pessimist. See, this is the whole thing. But anyways, so I, I think that, that implicit spirituality is the best type. I mean, okay, so let's take one more of my songs. Fire and Ice is not, not really, you couldn't say it's spiritual at all. Um, but it's definitely about bipolar uh, disorder. Um, and it goes, it's very explicitly about bipolar disorder, even though it doesn't say like, I'm bipolar or something like that. It does, it talks about... And if you, if one who listens to it is afflicted with bipolar disorder, they will immediately know what I'm talking about. I've tested this by showing it to people who also have bipolar disorder, and it's very, it, it affects you a lot, that song, because it's like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about, only because, of course, I do know what I'm talking about because I am bipolar, or I have bipolar disorder. It's a better way of saying that, so it's not... I am not, but I have. So, which I can talk about more in another episode, but I feel like that would be more more of something to talk about with someone else around because I'll feel safer. (laughs) Um, But anyways, so it's not explicitly spiritual, but I think there's certain lines that are really important, um, especially with someone with bipolar disorder, to hear that it's like, well, you know, it's, and it sounds pretty dark. Um, river flows within your soul, but you won't find it there. But not because your lack of will, but because your lack of care. The care to look for dark within to find your inner peace. Only deep in death's embrace will we all find release. That sounds really dark. But what I actually mean... Well, I'm actually not sure what I mean because that lyric came to me. Um, like, I didn't, I didn't write that lyric. I didn't think of it. It just kind of... I, I, I put a pen to paper and that came out and it was actually written first as a poem and then I was like oh I don't have an ending to the song and I was like oh here's this poem that I wrote when I was coming out of this depression and and uh I had just I had just written the fire is flowing through my veins and then I wrote this and I'm like whoa all right I mean I guess this has to go in the song and then it, it seemed to work in the same metric with this chords of the chorus which was pretty cool um so I just left it but anyways the lyric was never actually written it just happened but um so yeah so anyways um that was that 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 was just there but I believe what I mean by it because it's kind of is drawn from my the the what I believe about spirituality is that you see many people with a will to to be spiritual or a will to have I don't know a will to be enlightened or whatever it is but they are afraid to look in the right place. And I, I guess, actually, I, now that I think about it, uh, Jordan Peterson has said this. And before him, this is where he got it from, I believe, was Carl Jung or Nietzsche or both. I would I imagine they I think they both had said something along these lines. Well, yes, because Nietzsche talks about the abyss. But, um, but this idea of that the thing that you're looking for is in the place that you don't that you haven't looked yet and if you've looked everywhere but the darkness inside of you um well then 
why haven't you looked in the darkness? And the answer is because you're afraid. You're afraid to look in the darkness. And I find that a lot in people that um, are either new agey or spiritual or, and don't get offended um, if you are yourself, because it's, this is a natural human tendency is to run away from this darkness because it's scary, scary as hell. And well, it is hell. (laughs) It's your own personal hell. And um, I briefly looked into the darkness and I'm still afraid to look in there. Like after I briefly looked into my own darkness a couple times. And even so, every time that I go back and and have a, a, a chat with my shadow, um, it's terrifying, especially if I take the time out and do a, a dry fast or a water fast when I'm fasting from all electronic devices as well and people. And it, God damn, is it terrifying. But it's terrifying and it's necessary because that's where you haven't looked for your enlightenment and we call it enlightenment and maybe that's a misnomer because the enlightenment is actually in the darkness and now i could be wrong and this could only just be for me and your enlightenment isn't in your darkness but i'm pretty damn sure that if you haven't found it yet that's where it's going to be because that's where you're most afraid of looking so anyways that's where that line is (laughs) yeah pulling us back out of this little spiritual tangent. That's where that line of fire and ice goes. And that's why I say all of that, I think, except for the last line. So what I just covered in the spirit, in my spiritual views is river flows within your soul, but you won't find it there. Not because your lack of will, but because your lack, or sorry, because your lack of care, but for your lack of care. I was like, something's wrong. The, the care to look for deep within to find your inner peace. That's it. Now, the, la- the final line is a call out to anyone who suffers from any type of, I'm putting this in air quotes, but you can't see, obviously, mental disorder, where we go, why can't we be normal? Why can't we just be chill? Why can't we be peaceful? And the answer is only deep in death's embrace will we all find true release. And I, I truly believe this, and I believe that we're not supposed to be looking for full release while we're here, unless you want to take the path of Buddha, right? But I feel that, that to live in this world is to enjoy these ups and downs, to enjoy this craziness, because when we're dead, no matter what you believe is going to be out there, we all believe to a certain degree that it's peaceful, whether or not, you know, you just believe that you turn into dust that there is no soul, that there is a soul, that you pass through some type of hell or heaven, that you do you go pass into the great unknown, whatever it is, we know it's going to be more peaceful than this crazy life. So it's like the whole idea is that only deep in death and embrace are we going to actually find release. So what are we doing looking for it? We should be looking for excitement. We should be looking for something that exists here. So I think with that... I'm going to take a really quick break and do a quick outro. So, um, all right, I'll say thank you for listening after this quick seven-second break. Sit tight. All right, well, thank you very much for listening to this episode where I go into love songs, spirituality, and spirituality and love songs, and everything in between. 
I hope you very much enjoy, and you can like it and subscribe to this on whatever you're listening, whatever podcast provider you are listening to it on. Please share it with your friends. I'm going to be having some really exciting guests, hopefully soon. I'm going to try and get this together, and um, well, that's all for now. So have a wonderful day, and tune in soon for my next episode. I'll be trying to post one a week, and probably most of them will be solo episodes. I would imagine once a month is when I can get a guest. Um, I'll hopefully be getting them on more and more because it's something that I really enjoy doing, and I'm very excited to share this with you all. So have a wonderful day, and stay... Stay what, San Diego? Stay classy, San Diego.